Section 4 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 10, February 1899. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Larry Wilson. The Economic Conditions of the Philippines. Commerce. By Max L. Turnow of Berlin and Manila commerce there seems to me to be no doubt that even before the arrival of the spaniards these islands had relations with the malay archipelago and china and to a certain extent carried on barter particularly with the latter country regular trade however first began to develop in fifteen seventy one when legaspi established himself in manila the inhabitants of Cagayan related to Don Juan de Salcedo in 1572 that their cotton fabrics were brought every year by Chinese and Japanese vessels. Manila is without doubt the most advantageously situated port and trading place in the east, and forms the center of the trade between China, Japan, the Dutch archipelago, and Australia. The position of the Philippines is likewise extremely favorable for the west coast of america and manila should be the natural mart of eastern asia that it does not already occupy this position is owing to the bad system of administration on the part of the government had it been otherwise i am exceedingly doubtful whether hong kong could ever have reached its present state of importance in the face of manila during the northeast monsoon most ships going through the straits to china run right across to luzon to get protection against the strong adverse winds it would therefore be quite in their course to touch at manila but they avoid the port for the reason stated above the chicanery of the customs officials for the same reason the regular steamers between hong kong and australia steam right past the bay of manila without running in passengers from manila to australia have therefore first to cross to hong kong and then take passage from there returning again directly past manila and zamboanga so close to the latter that the people may almost be recognized on the shore to the first touching place thursday island or port darwin after fifteen seventy two trade commenced also between manila and new spain which for individual spaniards in manila proved very profitable between fifteen ninety and fifteen ninety five however the citizens of manila petitioned several times to the king for liberty of trade but always in vain the restriction on commerce remained as before in sixteen ten the seville merchants begged that the trade between manila and new spain might be closed as they wanted to do business direct by the cape with manila without the intervention of the american colonies this was nevertheless impossible on account principally no doubt of the fact that the acapulco silk trade gave occupation to over fourteen thousand persons in mexico galleons were sent every year from manila to navidad and from sixteen two to acapulco containing merchandise to the value of two hundred fifty thousand dollars the maximum permitted by the government and bringing back double the price later this maximum rose to three hundred thousand dollars and in seventeen thirty four to five hundred thousand dollars finally the amount reached six hundred thousand dollars and the home freight doubled the value 
from manila the galleons called naos took spices cotton fabrics silks etc with gold articles and other products of china india and the philippines fifty thousand silk stockings are also especially mentioned refer lord anson's journey round the world seventeen forty nine and the description of spanish commerce by j c s dresden seventeen sixty three the home freight consisted chiefly of silver dollars and there were also passengers persons going to seek their fortune in the philippines and officials and soldiers sent out by the madrid government as substitutes the merchandise yielded twice its value in manila and as is recorded sometimes even four times which in certain cases may no doubt have happened the profit however did not all go back into one pocket but was divided among a number the government issued warrants bulletins restricting the shipping of cargoes to the monasteries pensioned officials and other privileged persons who then sold them to merchants in this manner the profits were distributed the result was that merchandise of very high value was shipped and the nyao often so packed with cargo that the guns had to be stowed away on the home journey there was often over three million dollars value on board as these ships were maintained at the expense of the government it is natural that a portion of the shipping fees was reserved for the royal exchequer generally the well-laden now sailed from cavite in july steering northward to thirty degrees where taking advantage of the western winds it made straight for the shores of california then coasting southward to acapulco the voyage was always most difficult and dangerous and often very long lasting sometimes six months or more in later years the ships sailed more commonly through the straits of san bernardino south of luzon though this did not shorten the voyage arrived at the california coast they ran into san lucas where they took in provisions and received information as to the movements of pirates in the waters naturally a matter of great concern considering the value of the cargo the home voyage to manila was easier and quicker seldom occupying more than two months the ship sailed southward from acapulco to about ten degrees north whence it took the passage to the marianne ladrone islands and then further through the straits of san bernardino to manila as the time arrived when the now might be expected nightly fires were lighted on two high rocks so that the vessel could find her way through the islands in old works the islands guam and rota are mentioned the naos were vessels of one thousand two hundred tons or even more and were manned as warships and armed with fifty or sixty cannon notwithstanding this they with their costly cargo sometimes fell a prey to privateers pirates and the warships of hostile powers in june seventeen forty three lord anson on board the centurion captured the nuestra senora de cabadonga a much larger galleon commanded by don geronimo de montero off cape espirito santo on the samar coast the captain of the galleon who bore the title general received in the acapulco trade a percentage amounting to about forty thousand dollars for each voyage the first officer also was paid a commission toward the end of the last century the profits began to decline decreasing more and more sometimes the ships even found the market in acapulco perfectly flat without any demand 
this was chiefly because of american traders and english merchants supplying all the requirements direct from europe but smuggling also played its part thus it often happened that the ships were unable to return for long periods of time the last now which left manila in 1811 did not return from acapulco until 1815 in 1785 the real compania de filipinas royal company of the philippines was started having its seat in cadiz and with a capital of seven million dollars this company more or less monopolized the whole trade until on august fifteenth seventeen eighty nine a decree was issued permitting european vessels to import asian products and to export only such spanish philippine and american produce as the compania had imported a second decree dated october fifteenth eighteen three deprived the compania of still further privileges and declared the harbor of manila open to all nations certain rights however the compania still retained in eighteen fourteen absolute liberty of trade was allowed to the whole world as the result of the introduction of the new Código de comercio july fifteenth eighteen thirty three the privileges of the compania ceased altogether in eighteen thirty four a year later the exportation of manufactured tobacco and cigars was also permitted until the close of the last century seventeen ninety two foreigners were not allowed to settle in manila although la Perouse, seventeen eighty seven mentions the french merchant sevier in connection with that town as soon as the permission was granted the first foreign houses were established and the number has continually increased so that today the external trade is almost exclusively in foreign hands the year eighteen fifty one saw the establishment of the banco espanol filipino but by reason of bureaucratic formalities and the strict limits imposed transactions were much impeded it is only in recent years that matters have improved rendering a fair and easy banking business possible up to eighteen sixty and still later banking transactions were therefore done almost wholly through two large american houses today we find branches of the chartered bank of india australia and china and of the hong kong and shanghai banking corporation doing the principal business the consulado established in seventeen seventy two and removed on january first eighteen thirty four and the junta de comercio founded on january first eighteen thirty five have done practically nothing at all for trade and shipping the export and import trade as already remarked lies almost exclusively in the hands of foreigners principally english germans and swiss the retail and intermediate trade is done by the chinese the spanish in addition to the compania general de tabacos de filipinas which however pays but a small dividend and some inland traders own a number of provision stores and of millinery shops for town costumes how greatly the trade done by foreigners surpasses that of the spanish is seen from the accompanying tables giving the external shipping trade and tolls since eighteen ninety six there has been no american house in manila the traffic between manila and the provinces is carried on mostly by means of thirty-five steamers and a large number of smaller sailing vessels the sole railway runs from manila to dagupan the port of pangasinan a rice-growing province on the west coast of luzon 
on the Gulf of Lingayen. The only large line of ships touching at Manila is the Compañía Transatlántica from Barcelona to Manila, which, however, also has Liverpool as a shipping port, as the steamers would otherwise scarcely be able always to secure a full cargo. The chief profits of the line are no doubt earned from the enormous transport to and fro of officials and soldiers. In nearly every ship all berths are occupied. There is a brisk trade done with Hong Kong through four or five steamers under the British flag, for the largest part of the goods go via Hong Kong, being transshipped. A steamer runs to Singapore, meeting the French mail steamer, by which the principal European postal traffic is carried on. Despite the fact that the foreign flag was everywhere at a disadvantage, and the Spanish, on the contrary, privileged, the former has always been the one really dominating. Though formerly foreign vessels were obliged to run in in ballast, they nevertheless took outward freight. The privilege allowed to the Spanish flag remained intact until 1872, and consisted at that time in a reduction of 25% on the custom house charges. This was gradually diminished every year by 5%, and in the last year by 10% at once. The following table shows the state of the shipping trade in Manila in earlier years. 1827. Incoming foreign ships, 96. Outgoing, 98. Incoming Spanish ships, 34. Outgoing, 29. Total incoming ships, 130. Outgoing, 127. 1828. Incoming foreign ships, 99. Outgoing, 89. Incoming Spanish ships, 31. Outgoing, 38. Total incoming, 130 ships. Outgoing, 127. 1829. Incoming foreign ships, 146. Outgoing, 145. Incoming Spanish ships, 41. Outgoing, 43. Total incoming ships, 187. Outgoing, 188. In 1868, 112 foreign vessels, aggregating 74,054 tons, mostly in ballast, entered to take up cargo, and 93 Spanish vessels entered and sailed with cargo. To show a comparison of the trade during the past two years, I have compiled the following table. 1896. Incoming foreign ships, 181. Tonnage, 264,868. Incoming Spanish ships, 47. Tonnage, 92,554. Total ships, 228. Tonnage, 357,409. Outgoing foreign ships, 175. Tonnage, 251,439. Outgoing Spanish ships, 49. Tonnage, 95,802. Total outgoing ships, 224. Tonnage, 347,241. 1897. Incoming foreign ships, 204. Tonnage, 301,199. Incoming Spanish ships, 48. Tonnage, 84,326. Total incoming ships, 252. Tonnage, 385,000. 
525. Outgoing foreign ships, 197. Tonnage, 292,219. Outgoing Spanish ships, 50. Tonnage, 88,649. Total outgoing ships, 247. Tonnage, 380,868. At the commencement of the century, the imports were far greater than the exports. Then the two became about equal, and finally the exported goods ranked first. In recent years, the exports have always exceeded the imports by some 30%, a very promising sign of the productive capacity of the country. The imports to Aragon in 1818, according to the duties paid, amounted to, under foreign flag, $1,680,000, two hundred dollars and twenty-five cents under spanish flag six hundred sixteen thousand seventy one dollars eighty-five cents total two million two hundred ninety six thousand two hundred seventy two dollars ten cents as against an exportation of two hundred sixty one pickles hemp at the average price of four dollars one thousand forty four dollars five hundred fifty five quintals cordage at the average price of five dollars two thousand seven hundred seventy five dollars five quintals hemp rope at the average price of one hundred twenty five dollars six hundred twenty five dollars eighty four point five cavans coffee at the average price of six dollars five hundred seven dollars fourteen thousand four hundred five pickles sugar at an average price of seven dollars one hundred thousand eight hundred thirty five dollars three thousand two hundred quintals indigo at the average price of sixty dollars one hundred ninety two thousand dollars one thousand one hundred five quintals liquid indigo at the average price of three dollars fifty cents three thousand eight hundred sixty seven dollars fifty cents eighteen thousand eight hundred twenty five pickles sapan wood at the average price of one dollar twenty five cents twenty three thousand five hundred thirty one dollars twenty five cents two hundred thirty six pickles shells at the average price of eight dollars one thousand eight hundred eighty eight dollars thirty one pickles tortoise shell at the average price of three hundred fifty dollars ten thousand eight hundred fifty dollars three thousand four hundred ten pickles sulphur at the average price of two dollars fifty cents eight thousand five hundred twenty five dollars two thousand six hundred ten pickles ebony at the average price of one dollar seventy five cents four thousand five hundred sixty seven dollars fifty cents one thousand five hundred thirty two pickles hold rice at the average price of one dollar fifty cents two thousand two hundred ninety eight dollars forty two pickles shark fins at the average price of sixteen dollars six hundred seventy two dollars two thousand two hundred sixty six pickles beche de mer at the average price of twenty four dollars fifty four thousand three hundred eighty four dollars five thousand sixty eight pickles birds nests at the average price of one hundred thirty dollars seven hundred thirty eight dollars forty cents ninety four point two four pickles white bird's nest at the average price of three thousand two hundred dollars three hundred one thousand 
568 dollars 1332 pickles dried crabs at the average price of six dollars seven thousand nine hundred ninety two dollars one thousand one hundred seventy six pickles pure cotton at the average price of twenty two dollars twenty five thousand eight hundred seventy two dollars three hundred ten pickles glue at the average price of two dollars fifty cents seven hundred seventy five dollars one thousand one hundred ninety two pickles rattan at the average price of four dollars fifty five thousand three hundred sixty four dollars one thousand two hundred eighty pickles wax at the average price of twenty eight dollars thirty five thousand eight hundred forty dollars two hundred thirty tails gold at the average price of thirteen dollars two thousand nine hundred ninety dollars one thousand three hundred ninety one trunks timber at the average price of one dollar twenty five one thousand seven hundred thirty eight dollars seventy five cents one thousand sixty six cavans cowrie shells at the average price of two dollars two thousand one hundred thirty two dollars one thousand cavans salt at the average price of twenty five cents two hundred fifty dollars one hundred five gonthas cocoa at the average price of one dollar fifty one hundred fifty seven dollars fifty cents one thousand three hundred forty eight gallons rum at the average price of fifty cents six hundred seventy four dollars five hundred eighty pairs plowshares at the average price of fifty cents two hundred dollars four hundred twenty carpenters axes at the average price of fifty cents two hundred ten dollars three thousand three hundred fifty three buffalo hides at the average price of thirty seven and a half cents one thousand two hundred fifty seven dollars and thirty seven cents three thousand one hundred fifty three cowhides tanned at the average price of seventy five cents two thousand three hundred sixty four dollars seventy five cents six hundred eighty four stag hides at the average price of thirteen cents eighty eight dollars ninety two cents one thousand two hundred eighty mats at the average price of thirty cents three hundred eighty four dollars seven hundred thirty one bury mats at the average price of one dollar seven hundred thirty one dollars seven hundred forty eight hats at the average price of thirty cents two hundred twenty four dollars forty cents various six thousand three hundred thirty three dollars ninety five cents twelve riding horses at the average price of fifty dollars six hundred dollars total eight hundred six thousand nine hundred forty five dollars twenty nine cents there was therefore nearly three times as much imported as exported the list of articles exported with their prices is interesting of the leading articles of today sugar was the only one of importance and even this came after white bird's nests and indigo comparing with this the table of dr f j f mayen on board the prussian merchant ship princess louise eleven years later we find a great increase in exports in the case of sugar tenfold though with hemp again not figuring at all he gives the exports as follows 
sugar eighteen twenty nine one hundred twenty thousand two hundred seventy four pickles eighteen thirty one hundred thirty eight thousand three hundred eighty seven pickles indigo eighteen twenty nine eleven thousand eight hundred nine pickles eighteen thirty thirteen thousand three hundred sixty three pickles sapan wood eighteen twenty nine eleven thousand six hundred seventy five pickles eighteen thirty eleven thousand five hundred ninety four pickles hold rice eighteen twenty nine one hundred fourteen thousand seven hundred ninety three cavans one hundred four thousand three hundred fifty seven pickles eighteen thirty one hundred ninety seven four hundred eighty six cavans one hundred seventy nine five hundred thirty two pickles unhold rice patty eighteen twenty nine thirty thousand eight hundred thirty cavans twenty eight thousand twenty seven pickles rum eighteen twenty nine nineteen thousand five hundred fifty one gallons cigars eighteen twenty nine four thousand five hundred ninety five arrobas fifty two thousand eight hundred fifty three kilograms eighteen thirty four thousand two hundred fifty seven arrobas forty eight thousand nine hundred fifty five kilograms the remaining less important articles are omitted since foreigners have ceased to be handicapped by spanish discriminations trade has steadily increased even if not to the extent it should the trade of the philippines should be twenty times what it is today at the end of the twenties imports and exports were practically equal eighteen twenty seven imports one million forty eight thousand six hundred eighty dollars exports one million ninety three thousand six hundred ninety dollars eighteen twenty eight exports one million five hundred fifty thousand nine hundred thirty three dollars exports one million four hundred seventy five thousand thirty four dollars up to the seventies both had been increased more than tenfold the exports considerably exceeding the imports in round numbers the trade for the years eighteen seventy eighteen seventy five and eighteen eighty may be stated as follows eighteen seventy imports fourteen million dollars exports sixteen million dollars eighteen seventy five imports thirteen million dollars exports nineteen million dollars eighteen eighty imports seventeen million dollars exports twenty two million dollars the only exception is the year eighteen seventy two when the exports stood at sixteen and a half million dollars and the imports at twenty two million dollars in eighteen ninety two the exports were twenty three million dollars the imports twenty five million dollars end of section four